This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Doing the show from Vietnam this week. So I'm on the Mekong River right now. And I'm going to try to connect with Sherry Laskin here in just a couple of moments. Also in this week's show, we have a review of Carnival Dream. And Rob from CruisingExcursions.com stops by to answer some of your cruise excursion questions all over the map this week. Actually, we have a question from Ho Chi Minh, uh, one up in Iceland, Northern Europe, and the Caribbean. So we'll uh, talk with Rob here in just a few moments. And let's see what else. Cruise Radio News. Don't forget our daily quick hits of the news, Monday through Friday. You could find that where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just type Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So it looks like crew members who are new hires may have a harder time getting off the ship in a couple of ports. Yeah, it does. It looks like there's this new effort to crack down on crew members who disembark in New York City and decide to theoretically go AWOL and just stay behind. So the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol passed a rule to prevent cruise ship crew members from disembarking in New York City and New Jersey, which would be Bayonne, until they've completed at least five cruise line contracts. And this doesn't mean that crew can't go ashore in other U.S. ports. So according to Crew Center website, back in 2018, crew members who were on their only their first or second contracts with Norwegian Cruise Line were not permitted to take shore leave in New York City until they met certain other requirements. So this is, um, you know, this is a big constraint for crew members that maybe have four contracts, which is, you know, a good four years with the cruise line. But right now, this is the only good news. This five contract rule is temporary. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens. A passenger got kicked off of a Royal Caribbean ship because of a dangerous act. What happened here? Yeah, this is another case of stupidity, in my opinion. But yeah, a Royal Caribbean passenger who climbed over the railing of a stateroom balcony to, of course, snap Uh, You know, a reckless photo of herself posed on the edge there was kicked off the ship at the next port. The incident happened during a Western Caribbean cruise aboard Allure of the Seas. The woman was caught standing on the balcony railing with the assistance of her traveling companion. And this wouldn't have been, you know, no one would have been alerted had it not been for a passenger in a different stateroom who saw the entire incident unfold. He took a photo, showed it to guest services, and then security was notified and the couple was removed from the ship in Falmouth, Jamaica. Royal Caribbean's guest conduct policy, which is available on your cruise contract, it goes on to say that, quote, sitting, standing, laying, or climbing on, over, or across any exterior or interior railings or other protective barriers is not permitted. So basically, those who violate the policy will be removed from the ship at the next port of call. And this, uh, the policy goes on to say that documentation requirements for re-entry into the guest's home country are also the responsibility of the guest. So the way I look at this, you know, the bottom line is you'd better have a valid passport if you plan to risk your life and that of others 
for a few clicks and likes because you'll be flying back to the U.S. on your own and you better have a passport to get back into the country. Doing it for the Instagram. That's insane to me. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, wow. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, a couple more Royal stories here. It looks like one of their popular cruise ships is leaving the fleet. Yeah, they just, Royal Caribbean just announced that in spring of 2021, drumroll, Grandeur of the Seas will leave the fleet for sister brand Pullman Tour Cruises. Grandeur currently sails from Baltimore, but the city won't be left without a ship from Royal Caribbean because they are going to replace the grandeur with Enchantment of the Seas. And reservations for the Enchantment will open uh, sometime next year. And it also looks like they are going to reveal some new spa staterooms over at Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean just announced it's adding spa staterooms aboard. And it sounds almost fleet-wide. It'll be aboard its Radiance, Freedom, Voyager, Oasis, and both Quantum and Quantum Ultra-class ships. So similar to what other cruise lines do with their spa staterooms, passengers who decide to reserve one of these, they will have priority spa reservations. So, you know, if it's a crowded day, they get first in line. They'll have upgraded spa toiletries in their stateroom. Um, A daily basket of fresh fruit will be delivered along with coffee and tea. Um, Plus, they will also receive a 50% discount on one spa treatment. Again, with reservations, these will open sooner and should start sometime in October. And our last talking point here, looks like Carnival Cruise Line has changed up their safety video. Yeah, this is uh, probably in an effort to make sure everyone knows what to do in case of an emergency. So Carnival uh, enlisted the help of their chief fun officer, Shaquille O'Neal. So together they've assembled a new safety video that runs on stateroom televisions on the first day of every cruise. And hopefully everybody watches it. The safety is fun video lasts for about 13 minutes and takes viewers on a ship tour where cruise members review safety features and rules and in the background are various attractions that can be found on Vista-class ships. So it's meant to be eye-catching and, uh, you know, really um, draw you into the video so that you make sure you pay attention. And the new safety video is offered on all 26 Carnival ships and is available in both English and Spanish. You know, lots of times mustard drills just become, a, you know, sort of a, a gab fest in between uh, watching The crew members take their life jackets on and off, so maybe this will be more engaging and people will pay attention. This week's listener question comes from Phil. We're thinking of cruising Carnival Breeze in June. What is the difference between a cove balcony and a standard balcony? Well, Phil, I have good news for you. Um, The cove balcony, uh, I just checked on the breeze, and it's 75 square feet. Whereas even if you had the top suite, that one comes in at 60 60 square feet. So... um, The main difference is, you know, the cove balconies on the breeze are on deck two and the other balconies are on, um, you know, deck six and up. But, um, you know, if you're going out, oh, you're going in June. I like the cove balconies, especially if it's raining or in bad weather or in high seas, because you can be outside and you're pretty much protected from the elements. So, um, you know... I think you will like it. You don't have that clear plexiglass. Uh, you can't see through it. And so it is some places they call it a sheltered balcony. 
But uh, with Carnival Corp ships, it's always called a cove balcony. And, um, you know, enjoy it. And you can stretch out because it is a little bit roomier. You can always email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Once I get back from Southeast Asia, I will be on top of those. Um, spotty signal, actually, around here. This is my first day getting really, really good signal. We're uh, about two days away from Ho Chi Minh right now. Sherry, before we hop here, this is so weird because I'm what, 14 hours ahead of you right now? It's 8 o'clock here in Vietnam. What time is it there? It's 5, 10 p.m. Sherry Laskin with CruiseMaven.com. Sherry, thanks for linking up. Thanks, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. We always enjoy answering your cruise excursion questions here on the show. A mixed bag today going all over the globe. Joining us from CruisingExcursions.com is Rob. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. First question comes from Ryan, heading to Reykjavik, Iceland. So many cool sites. Where do I start? Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, Iceland is full of the cool sites, definitely, and especially Reykjavik. Um, the tour I would recommend is our Essential Collection Golden Circle tour. Now, the Golden Circle, you know, it's quite world famous um, within Reykjavik, where they have the thermal baths and everything there. Now, this tour would give you a really good overview of Iceland itself, so from seeing the capital, Reykjavik, and then going into the Thingvalar National Park. So seeing a bit more of the rugged side of Iceland, you know, famous for its geology, the natural features such as the geyser and the thermal baths there. And once you're at the National Park, you'll see Thingvallatan, which is a huge rift valley. It's contained islands of volcanic origin there, and there's a few little waterfalls and such. It is quite a peaceful place. You know, really picturesque and, and unlike anywhere in the, else in the world, really. So if you're into your photography, um, as we always say, make sure you take your, um, take your camera to get some good shots there. But the tour would return back to Reykjavik. So again, you get to see that other side of Iceland itself, you know, within the city and the hustle and bustle of everything there. And of course, as always, with a return back to the port with ourselves. Nicole has the next question. Cruising into Ho Chi Minh and my husband is a history buff. Any suggestions? Also, are there certain visa requirements? So, of course, Ho Chi Minh, um, kind of perfect for those history buffs, uh, myself included. I'd love to go there for our essential collection historical Coochie Tunnels tour. And this tour focuses on, um, on the underground tunnels that were used during the Vietnam War by the Viet Cong. And it will take you from the port of Ho Chi Minh through the stunning countryside where there's all the beautiful green land, the fruit gardens, the rice paddies and plantations that you'll also get to drive past and see those as well. Then once you arrive into the Coochie district, you'll take a tour within those tunnels where you'll see the hideouts, the shelters, the fighting bunkers. And it's quite unbelievable, really. They had hospitals underneath there, um, school classrooms, and like living quarters and that sort of thing. So... It's very fascinating to see. It's definitely on my bucket list. Um, and of course, you know, with the Vietnam War, there's so much history involved in that. And, you know, the fighting from the Viet Cong as well. So I would definitely recommend that tour. If you're looking for something that's not so much like the general sightseeing and you want to get that history and that knowledge, then certainly the historical Coochie Tunnels tour. And in regards to the visa requirements... Now, I do believe there are certain visa requirements depending on your nationality. So it's probably best to confirm that with your cruise line or your travel agent directly just to ensure you have the right visa. But with ourselves, all we ask from our customers is that we take the full passport details. And with that, that's just so the port authorities have a record of who is on and off the ship on that day. Um, 
So that's all that we would require. In, in regards to the visa itself, I would just clarify that with your travel agents to ensure you're getting the right one for your nationality. Next couple of questions, we're going to bring things closer to home to the Caribbean. Uh, this one comes from Ashley. Looking forward to returning to St. Martin after 10 years. Any must-do excursions? Definitely. Um, obviously, St. Martin, uh, Phillipsburg, it's known for the um, Maho Beach. So we do have a tour there that takes that in. So the Essential Collection Phillipsburg Tour. It will take you all around St. Martin, taking in all the main sites, and such a wonderful price with this tour as well. So you get to see all the islands, stunning, stunning landmarks and uh, landscapes as well, and the history of the islands. And it includes the Oyster Pond, St. Marigot, Orient Bay Beach, and the tour does end up at Maho Beach, which is where they have the planes flying over the top. Um, now, for myself, that's definitely not for me, but if you're a bit of a thrill seeker <laughs> and you want that adrenaline rush while you're on your holiday, Definitely pop yourself down to Maho Beach, take this tour, and um, really take a, a unique attraction to the island that you're probably not going to get anywhere else in the world, to be honest. I always get a kick out of the cruisers who go to Maho Beach. It's such a great sightseeing opportunity, but like you go on vacation <laughs> for rest and relaxation, and you're on a beach where planes are flying, you know, 25 <laughs> feet above you landing, and you're getting bl- sand blown all over you. It's kind of comical. I've seen some of the videos. It looks absolutely crazy. <laughs> Rick has the next question. Heading to Cozumel on Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas, and we're looking for a tour that involves thrill and water. What would you recommend? We certainly have something that would, um, would include you know, water and a bit of thrill for those customers. So we have our Thriller jet boat rides. And it's kind of the perfect way to see a different side of Cozumel whilst being out at sea. You know, seeing all the shoreline, the beautiful landscapes there as well. You know, the brightest blue sea that you can imagine, as I'm sure. Okay. And that tour would take you on a little boat ride that would take you along the bays of um, Cozumel, taking in the sights as I see, and then with a return back to the beach, where you would have some time there to maybe soak up the sun, have yourself a little drink, something to eat, and just relax after you've had your exciting uh, morning to the tour, and then to unwind before returning back to the ship, maybe for some lunch or some further sunbathing. Deb has the last question. Heading to Aruba, and we want to see the main sites. What do you suggest? Okay. So probably our essential collection, the Aruba Highlights Tour. That's perfect for this island. It's going to give you an overview of everything that the island has to offer. So the tour will start with um, a trip to a local aloe vera factory and museum. Now, it is one of their biggest exports. So as you can imagine, they're very proud of this aloe vera that they produce. And they want to show that off to all kind of tourists that come to the island. So they will take in a tour of the factory and the museum there, giving all the information about the crops, the production, and you know, the benefits of aloe vera. But the tour will also take in some fantastic landmarks that Aruba has to offer. Now, one that I've been uh, made aware of fairly recently is the Kasabari Rock Formation. It's quite an unusual um, formation of rocks, would you believe? Um, but it's, it's quite unique and um, quite mind-bending, really, when you look at it. They're in such unusual um, shapes and holes in them and that sort of thing. It's quite fascinating to think what created these rocks. So it's definitely something worth visiting. You'll also take in the Natural Bridge in Aruba as well. And then, of course, the famous California Lighthouse, known as the Hudishi Banner, which sits on the coast of Aruba there, looking out to sea. And this tour, it really just gives you a good feel for Aruba, you know, taking in 
everything that the island's known for, including the Aloe Vera and, of course, those other landmarks as well. And, of course, with a return back to the port. We've been talking with Rob from CruisingExcursions.com. Send your questions to Doug at CruiseRadio.net, and we'll do our best to answer them. Thank you, Rob. Thank you very much, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Rendy just returned on a seven-night Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Dream, and she joins us on the line. Hey, Rendy. Hello. Before we get to the ship itself, let's take a step back here and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise on Dream? Okay, so there were four of us going, my husband and myself. I'm a teacher. And then our two youngest kids that are still in the house, they're in school. So uh, we were looking for something that coincided with our spring break and Um, That's the first week of April. So we were looking at cruises from ports that are within driving distance for us. So we didn't have to purchase airfare. And we live in southern Kentucky, about a half hour north of Nashville. So the two ports within driving distance are Mobile and New Orleans. And we had cruised out of Mobile on fall break and had a great time. But Mobile only offers five-day itineraries, and we were looking for a seven-day. So we looked at New Orleans and liked the itinerary and the price for the Dream. And we also saw that the Dream was about to reposition to Galveston. And the ship, even though it's a little older, had great reviews, and we just wanted to try it before it left. Now, did you do any pre-cruise time in New Orleans? We did. We had never been to New Orleans. So we actually drove down on a Friday. The cruise departed on a Sunday. So we drove down on Friday. It took a little over eight hours to get there. By the time we got there Friday night, we basically just checked into the hotel and got some sleep. And we had all day Saturday to explore the French Quarter and um, Bourbon Street and 
I was under the false impression that since Mardi Gras was over, mm-hmm. Bourbon Street would be not be really wild and crazy. It would be really, you know, it would just be like a normal week. Yeah. And um, so I s- quickly found out that it was, it was, the way it was on that weekend was like I imagined it was on Mardi Gras. So it was a lot of wild and crazy things <laughs> going on. And um, our daughters got quite the eyeful, but they really like New Orleans. And it wasn't that bad. It was just wilder than I thought it would be. But it was definitely an experience for all of us. And we ended up loving New Orleans. You could check it off the list, right? Been there, done yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you make your way to Carnival Dream to embark. How was that embarkation process in New Orleans? Saturday, when we got to walk around the city, the weather was great. Sunday, we woke up, it was raining and cold. So um, we Ubered over to the port from our hotel. Um, We had an 11.30 a.m. check-in time, and that's exactly what time we got there. So we were able to walk right on. Um, It took maybe 10, 15 minutes before... We were on the Lido deck, no time at all. Um, and there were people standing there in line, but I'm guessing they had a different check-in time because they were calling for people that were on time to walk through. So it wasn't long at all. Okay, so I'm curious what your first impressions were when you boarded Carnival Dream because your previous cruise was Carnival Fantasy. And of course, that yes. was, yeah, that ship came out in 1990. And then so <laughs> fast forward, what is that, 19 years to 2009? Yes. So it was, I mean, we thought it was fantastic. We've only been on one other cruise, which was the fantasy. And even though the dream is a little older, we thought it was in great shape and we were really impressed. We thought it was a really nice ship. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We booked two inside staterooms, one for me and my husband and one for my two daughters. Um, But about a month or two after I booked the cruise, I actually received an upgrade email from Carnival offering to upgrade us to two 4J rooms, which are the interior with picture window that overlooks the secret deck. So it was like $24 per room not per day, just $24. So I hopped on that and we just fell in love with those rooms. We love paying the price of an interior, but having the ocean view and the easy access out to the secret deck, which was empty 90% of the time. And we used it quite a bit, actually. Um, So we decided to book this category in the future if it's available. What deck was that on? Seven. Deck seven. Oh, yeah. So you're right below the navigational bridge. I think they're yes, on eight right. on that ship. Yes, yeah. they are. They're right above. Yeah. So they yeah. had those rooms on six and seven, and we mm-hmm. were on seven. You sailed Fantasy prior, and now you're on Dream. As far as the stateroom um, going from Fantasy to Dream, much difference? It was bigger, mm-hmm. um, but we were in an interior on the Fantasy, so I'm not sure how much had to do with the fact that we were now in kind of an ocean view. Um the decor was similar, but it there was really wasn't a lot of difference besides the fact that this 4J room was quite a bit bigger. Okay. So let's talk about the food on board Carnival Dream. And we'll start in the main dining room. What time dining did you have and what did you think of it? Okay, we had any time dining and we actually ate in the main dining room all seven nights. Okay. Um, 
we could have easily chosen early dining because we were always at dinner by six, but we chose any time just in case we wouldn't be. And the only time we ever had to wait was on formal night. And that was only about 10 to 15 minutes before they had a table. Okay. So you had any time dining. Um, how was the food all seven nights since you spent the whole week in there? The food and the service were excellent every single night in the main dining room. The last time I cruised, I was just with the kids. So we ate in the buffet a lot of nights, but this time my husband really enjoyed getting dressed and being served in the main dining room. And my older daughter really enjoyed it. My younger daughter didn't want to be pulled away from the teen club (laughs) long enough to have dinner with us, but we made her. So she was ready to get out as soon as we finished. (laughs) eating. Was this your husband's first cruise then? It was his second. His first was actually out of Jacksonville. Okay. And I can't remember which ship that was, but he went once by himself with the kids too. Okay. Very cool. That was probably either um, elation, fascination, or celebration. One of those, because we haven't had much here in the city over the past few years. So as far as the Lido Deck Marketplace, the buffet, how was the food up there? Oh, the food was great. Um, We did not eat. We actually did not end up eating the buffet so much as we ate Guy's Burgers and Blue Iguana. Um, We ate the Deli, Mongolian Walk. Um, We did do the buffet for breakfast one morning, but I was very surprised that I thought the buffet on the fantasy actually had a lot more selection than the one on the dream, which is you would not think that it would, but we found that with the the breakfast buffet too. It had a lot more choices on the fantasy and on the dream, it just didn't have enough for us to wait in line. Okay. Fair enough. Now, as far as other food outside of the Lido Deck Marketplace, like the Guy's Burger Joint, Blue Iguana Cantina, the pizza, how was that experience? Okay, I will say we loved Guy's Burgers on the Fantasy. They were like melt-in-your-mouth good. So we had been craving one ever since (laughs) October, which was when we were on the Fantasy. But we did not think they tasted the same on the Dream. Hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever said that. I haven't heard them say that in an interview. But we didn't think that they tasted the same. You would think it would be the same across, across the line, but we didn't think that they tasted quite as good as the ones on the Fantasy. Um, on sea days, we did the sea day brunch and each sea day, and we really enjoyed that. Um, on port days, we would stop at Blue Iguana and get a breakfast burrito um, before we went off the ship. And this was also my first time trying the deli and Mongolian walk. Mm-hmm. I was not big on Mongolian walk, but my husband loved it. So I guess that's just difference of opinion. But I thought the deli was delicious. All right, let's switch gears here and talk about the entertainment on this seven night sailing. So our nightly routine was to get uh, showered, cleaned up, dressed, go eat early and then see the early show. Um, so we saw the 80 show, America Rocks, Flick, Motor City, just about every show that they had. Um, there might have been one more, but they were entertaining. They were a little cheesy, but we were on vacation and we just enjoyed ourselves. We didn't expect a Broadway show, but it was fun. 
Um, we also went to late comedy, um, the late comedy show a couple of nights, and that was probably my favorite entertainment of the week. The comedians were absolutely hilarious. How about music around the ship outside of the theater? Yes, we went to the piano bar a couple of nights for the sing-alongs. We went to the nightclub one night. We listened to the band that played in Ocean Plaza in the evenings. And we went to the Serenity Deck party. Um, I think that was only one night that they had that. Okay. Now, as far as sea days and crowds and congestion around the ship, what was your experience like? It was pretty crowded. It was spring break. So there were lots of kids and lots of teens. Um, Not all were well supervised, but we expected that. It was spring break. We knew it would be like that. We spent every sea day in the Serenity area, and we were always able to find a clamshell, if not immediately, within, you know, 20 minutes of getting to the Serenity deck, we could grab one. So we just relaxed and had drinks up there. My husband likes to play cornhole. So he played cornhole quite a bit um, out on the Lido deck on sea days. But most of the time we spent in the Serenity area. Did they put a Red Frog pub on that ship? A pub or bar? probably have to cut this out. No, no, it's it's fine because it's very easily confused. So poolside, they normally have the Red Frog Rum Bar. And uh-huh. then some ships, and I can't remember if Dream had the um, yeah. retrofit or not, where they had actually a pub inside yeah. of on the promenade. With the food, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. No, they okay. don't have that. They just have the two bars on the pool deck. And did they have barbecue on sea days? They did. We only made it there one day, which was the day that we boarded, mm-hmm. and we never made it back there. I'm not sure why, because my husband loves barbecue. There were just so many food options. We were just <laughs> yeah. full the entire cruise. How about the smoke situation in and around the casino? Because on this class of ship, I mean, pretty much every carnival ship, you have to walk through the Happy. casino to get somewhere. Yes. I mean, it was smoky. You know, you had to walk through there to get to the the piano bar and the play, you know, the comedy show. Mm-hmm. So it was smoky. It didn't bother me that much because I did not spend time there. I just walked through, waved it away. But yeah, I mean, it was it was smoky, but it wasn't too bad outside of that area. What ports did you hit on this seven night Western Caribbean itinerary? Montego Bay, Grand Cayman and Cozumel. All right, very good. So give us the port of call and a highlight from that port. Okay, so our first port was Montego Bay, and we had booked a tour um, that was called Montego Bay Highlights, and our guide took us around the city. They picked us up at the port. They, you know, told us about the history, culture of Jamaica. Um, Our guide was great, and he took us to local neighborhoods. Um, He took us to the Richmond Hill Inn, which is um, on a high hill above the city, and it has a beautiful view looking over the bay with the ship in the, with the ship dock there. It's a great place for taking pictures. Um, He took us to Scotchies for lunch, which was fantastic. And after Scotchies, he took us to Tropical Bliss Beach, which the reviews for that beach are, were not good. So we trusted him. We didn't have any complaints, but we've never been to Doctor's Cave Beach, so mm-hmm. we're not able to compare those. Scotchies is with the jerk chicken, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, I haven't it been there in years. really good, yeah. And then your next port of call? 
Grand Cayman. So I had read and seen pictures about how beautiful the beaches were. So that's all we planned to do this day. But the pictures really did not do it justice because it was absolutely breathtaking. The water that day was clear. It was a turquoise color I've never seen before. Um, instead of taking a cab to the beach um, at the port, we actually walked about a block straight up towards the square mm-hmm. um, and caught a public bus, which is actually a van for, I think it was like five bucks a piece or less than that. And we had them take us to the public beach by Calico Jacks. So our plan was to rent beach chairs and have a beach day there close to Calico Jacks so we could eat and drink. But when we got there, there was a man who offered us chairs and umbrellas for half the price all the way at the end of the public beach to the left of Calico Jacks. And then on top of that, he gave us a tip. There's actually a brown building next to the road all the way to the left of Calico Jacks. And they were selling beer for like $2 a beer, nice, which was way cheaper than Calico Jacks. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. I think the cheapest beer I've ever gotten on Grand Cayman was like $5 minimum probably. Yeah, these were two and some were $3 a beer. So you just had to walk to the building, get them, and bring them out on the beach. Oh, that's a great deal. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then your next port of call? Cozumel. And we enjoyed what we did there on fall break when we were on the fantasy so much that we just repeated it again. We rented a car from the rental place right as you walk out of the port. I think it's Avis. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about that. And we just drove around the island. We made that circle. We headed north first and drove through the downtown shopping area. Then we circled around the north side of the island before ending up on the east side, which is absolutely beautiful. And we stopped at Coconuts for lunch. It's like a bar and grill up on a cliff overlooking the rocks and the ocean. It has amazing scenery. It has a really funky atmosphere, very relaxed. And they have parrots and turtles Hmm. and resident dogs. So it was a really neat stop. And then we continued our drive around the island and ended up at Paradise Beach where we just swam in the pool the rest of the day. So you rented a car and like, was it, you didn't feel nervous driving on Cozumel? Not at all. No, no. Okay. it's so it. easy. It's just that one loop. There's no way you could get lost. There's just that one main road that loops all the way around. Mm-hmm. And no, I didn't feel nervous at all. I did it in October with just me and the kids. So I was even you know, better this time that it was two adults, but it, it was no problem at all. And you really get to kind of go at your own pace and stop when you want to stop. And we enjoy doing that. I guess it's mostly, I think of when you're leaving the port, it's always that hot mess out there, right? Like there's always people crossing the road and all of this stuff like right in front of the port. (laughs) And that kind of would give me anxiety, but I guess you're right because I've been to like Nachi Kokum before and other resorts around Cozumel. And once you're out of that area, I guess it's pretty much smooth sailing. Yes, there was not any traffic at all. But when we got back, we had to fill the rental up with gas and the gas station right across the street from the port was a madhouse of people filling up. You know, they had rented Mm -hmm. Jeeps and scooters. There was a wreck right in front of the gas station. So it was it was a mess. But it didn't take I mean, it didn't take long to get out of that. So you make your way back to Cozumel. How was the debarkation process? It was easy. 
we woke up early. Um, it took longer than embarkation, but not a long time. We did self-assist because we had to drive home that day. Um, so we walked right off, I would say 20, maybe, I wouldn't even say that it took 30 minutes, probably 20 minutes tops. Okay. Uh, did you get the internet package on this cruise? We got the social. And how was that? Yes. It worked great, actually. On the fantasy, it did hardly worked at all. Mm-hmm. It always worked for me on the dream. Very good. Any first-time tips to offer someone who may be sailing either Carnival Dream or going on a Western Caribbean itinerary? Well, I think the Dream is a wonderful ship. Um, definitely book a cruise on it if you have a chance. Even though it's a little older, it was in really good shape. And it has tons of things to do and tons of places to eat. And Grand Cayman was an absolutely beautiful stop. It was breathtaking. And I can't wait to cruise more so I can find a port that matches up to it or it has a beach that matches up to it. So when's your next cruise then? It is... Actually, we're thinking about taking another one in October, but it's not booked yet. But okay. we do have one booked in next April, next okay. break, actually. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise? The highlight for me was definitely Grand Cayman. Um, it was the most beautiful place I've ever been. But my daughters actually liked Jamaica. I think they liked Um, Whereas Grand Cayman was very developed and um, they actually liked the other side of it, Montego Bay, which is pretty, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for to describe it. Authentic, maybe? Yes. I think it was more authentic to them. And they said that they liked the people Mm -hmm. in Jamaica the best out of all of our stops, too. Yeah, it's a friendly, friendly crew over there. That's for sure. So earlier you mentioned that you couldn't pull your daughter away from the teens club. I take it that they had a great teens program on that ship? They did. And with it being spring break, it was packed. There were kids everywhere. So they have two teen clubs on Carnival. They have a 12 through 14-year-old and then a 15 through 18-year-old. But for during the daytime, they mix together. And then at nighttime, they separate them out. But it was packed. Every time we went down there to check in with her, it was absolutely packed. And she had a blast that she stayed there the entire time. We had to pull her away. (laughs) Do you feel like when you're on a spring break cruise, I mean, you, you do have two daughters, but do you ever feel like, good gosh, there's a ton of kids on this ship? I do, but I'm a teacher, so I'm okay. around kids all the time. It <laughs> Fair doesn't enough. get to me. If it were my husband and I just going on an adult cruise, mm-hmm. I would not choose Carnival on spring break or many ships on spring break. Yeah, or that time of year would not be good to go. But since we had two teens with us, we just we went with the flow. In closing here, what are your final thoughts of Carnival Dream? Well, uh, we love the dream. Cruising out of New Orleans was super easy, getting on, getting off. I would not hesitate to book the dream again if it comes back one day. And we're actually booked on the Norwegian getaway for next spring break. So I'm anxious to compare Carnival and Norwegian since we've only done Carnival. Randy, thank you so much for this review. Thank you. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net.
Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. You are still listening to this podcast, and can I ask you a favor? It'll take 30 seconds, I promise. Could you leave a review wherever you listen to this show from, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play? I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.